to the Hope Church Winter Garden Podcast for May the 22nd, 2016. This is week two of the series called Super Vision. And God just kind of takes care of us and God kind of weaves things and, and makes things happen for us and God's kind of blessed our church. I, I was sitting at Starbucks this week, which is no shocker to anyone in this room in here today. And I was telling, I was telling this guy about our church planting journey. He said, man, God's just blessing you guys. And here's what I want you guys to know. God wants to bless you greatly. He does. And one of the ways that he's blessed is that he just kind of brings along and kind of connects us with amazing, 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 amazing musician and talented people. And uh, Daniel's never played with us um, before ever on, on drums today. And, um, and God just kind of connected us through um, a friend. And um, Michelle is kind of how I got connected to Daniel. I met his wife first. His wife, if you're on social media, she runs Panache Events. Is that what it's called? Panache events. And, um, and they're Louisianian. And I got mad at them yesterday because they did a crawfish broil. And if you've never been to a crawfish broil, you're not ready for heaven yet, okay? You want to go to one. It's, it's an experience that you'll never, ever, ever forget. It's amazing. And uh, once they get all the crud out of the crawfish, they taste amazing. And so you ought to go to one. But I, I met her, and then I met her, her husband, and he came and played for us today, and he did an awesome job. And Thankful for you guys and Pamela that sang for us today. She's just, um, sometimes God sends angels from heaven to kind of hang out with us on earth a little bit. And Pamela is one of those people. She just sings and she just loves Jesus. And man, I'm just glad you guys are here today. Um, I have to do something. I don't even know if I'm supposed to do this or not as a pastor, but I'm doing anyways. But my son's in here today. And um, I'm like, come on up here, Trip. I, I want, he wants to show you guys some stuff. He asked me. He didn't ask me. He told me. And so come on up here, buddy. Let me help you on up here. Quit laughing at me, Brooke. <laughs> uh, this is Trip, and uh, you, you want to tell him about your trophies? Okay, cool. Uh, that almost backfired. Um, Trip is a, a soccer player, and um, this is his second season playing soccer. Are those both of the trophies? Why don't you show everybody the trophies? Just show them to him like, you, like you're excited about this. Are you going to smile at all or no? I mean, I brought you up here. You'd think I'd get a smile, you know? And so, uh, anyways, he, uh, he came to church today with those trophies. And uh, we got those trophies yesterday, and we went to the farmer's market right after that. And uh, he walked around with this trophy the whole time. You know what I'm saying? When you're not used to winning, you carry that trophy around wherever you go, you know? And so, Eddie, I hope he'll get used to winning so he'll leave the trophies at home, you know? And these high school guys that we brought up here today, they don't walk around with their trophies or their all-conference and their, all, the, all the awards that these guys have. They don't walk around with them. But when you're getting started... As a young player, you carry your stuff around. And so I um, wanted to honor him today. And, uh, man, we're going to have a good time today. <laughs> um, if you have a, a phone, and why don't you check in today and let people know there's a church here that just wants to, to love on people and hang on, hang on to their neck and, and just, just be there for them. And that's kind of why we exist, and just to love on people. We want to love all people at all times and all places. I love, I, love, uh, I love high school. I love when high school ends because that means summer's here. And um, I have some of my college, uh, some of the kids that were my youth group from when I started eight, um, eight years ago in Orlando. Um, some of those kids are here today. One of my friends, Mikey, he, um, he's in here somewhere. He's, a, he's, a, he's very much like these guys up here. He, um, he, he was a high school kid who played sports, was in our church, and he ended up playing, um, he's playing college ball. And, and uh, man, that was like his, that was like his, his, college ball was like his claim to fame until he was on 417 one day and got ejected from his truck 60 feet. Could you imagine that? Was it 60 feet? Is that a good number? Yeah, 60 feet. He always, the newspaper said he always wears his seatbelt, but for some reason it wasn't on that time. But he got thrown from his truck on 417, 
and, and, and got up and, and walked away from the thing and beat himself up a little bit, but walked across the stage and, uh, for his graduation, right around graduation time. And, and, um, but I mean, he's here today and I love, love, love our college students. And he's my two other girls that were in our youth group, Morgan and Savannah. We're just glad everyone is here today. Hey, we're going to baptize some people next week. And uh, we don't want you to miss out on that. So if you're here today and you said, man, I have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I've never been baptized before. I've baptized people that were 40, 50, 60, that have been saved their whole entire life, but never been baptized before. And baptism happens right after salvation. After you move into a relationship with Jesus Christ, right after that is baptism. And some of you guys at, at two or, or three, you were, you were sprinkled as a two-year-old or a three-year-old. I don't want to take anything away from that. But since then, you've, made a real, you've, you've moved into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so it's time for you to be, to be baptized. And so that's next week. We'd love for you to be baptized. And on the back of your worship guide that you have there, on the back, there's an email address. It says info at hopewintergarden.com. Um, info. Yeah, at hopeinourgarden.com. And you can just, you can just right now in, in, in church, it's totally okay. You can just send an email to that and says, I want to get baptized next week. It's that simple. We're, we're totally like four phones in church, okay? And we want you to keep your phone out because you may want to take some notes and just them in on something that's going to encourage you or inspire you. And it's going to help you to remember it if you can write it down. So if you want to get baptized next week, um, we'd love for that to happen next week. Some of you guys, your high school kids, you're about to graduate and go away to college. It'd be a great time to get baptized. That's next week. And we want you guys, as many people as possible, to get baptized. To show your friends and your family that you've made a relationship with Jesus Christ. That's next week. Um, hey, we're moving. You guys got that last week. We're moving to the YMCA June the 12th. And with that being said, we are moving towards that direction. God's preparing things and getting ready. And I told you guys last week some of these uh, things that we're going to be doing. You walk into the gymnasium there at the Roper YMCA. There'll be a, a mat there and that, that we'll cover the floor with. That's going to cost us about five or $6,000. And God's taking care of that. Not only will you see that when you walk in, you'll see several hundred chairs set up. And that's going to cost us about $4,000. And God's provided the $4,000 for us to buy all those chairs. And God's taking care of a lot of things. And... One of the other things that you'll see there, we, we believe in, in doing the best we can do. We believe in putting our best foot forward for God. That's just, he, he just, he put his best forward for us. And so we want to put our best for him. And so when we walk into that gymnasium, all, this, it'll sound great in there because we're going to put in about $10,000 worth of acoustic paneling there. And God's already provided the money for the acoustic paneling there. And that's an amazing thing. And we're super, super excited about that. We have one big thing that we're going to buy that, that God hasn't provided the money for yet. He has, but we haven't collected it yet. But next week, we're going we're gonna to designate our entire Sunday morning offering to, to a project next week. We're going to buy not only one projector, but we're going to buy two projectors. We're not buying one screen. We're buying two screens. And all that is going to cost about $9,000. And uh, we're going to raise that next Sunday in church. We have a few family and friends that are going to chip in that. But next Sunday... Because of your faithfulness, because of, because of your obedience to God, we are a, we're, you guys are, we're becoming a generous church, which is one of our core values. And so God, we believe God's going to take, take care of that. So we're going we're gonna to designate a whole entire Sunday morning offering next week to making sure that we have um, those screens and those projectors. We've, you, you know how pastors work. Typically, we just do things, and then we talk to God about it, and usually it kind of works out sometimes. But we've already purchased those. They're, they're coming, and so we just got to collect the money in that. And when we do, we're, that'll be next week. And so May 29th, we're going to designate our entire offering. If you're new here today, and you're like, man, they're asking me for money. We're not, if you feel like you're new, and you feel like that we're asking you for money, then we're not asking you for money. We're asking our people that, they, that make this, this is their home. And, um, and this, is, this is where they call, this, they call this their community, this is their church. We're asking you guys to chip in on that. And we just believe that God is going to take care of, 
of that need, and we're super, super excited about it. Um, last week, we kicked off a series called Supervision, and we're going through my favorite book in the Bible is, is Nehemiah in the Old Testament, is Nehemiah. In the New Testament, it's Ephesians, but in the Old Testament, it's Nehemiah. Nehemiah in chapter 1, I'm going to catch you guys up to today. Nehemiah, in, in the very first, um, very first chapter of Nehemiah, Nehemiah gets word that the walls around Jerusalem, the walls from where he used to come from, where all his kinfolk lived out, where his people, his community lived, the walls around that city were completely destroyed. They were completely, it was completely demolished and it broke his heart. And he didn't get mad and say, oh, that stinks. Oh, I feel bad for them. But he fell on his, he fell on his hands and his face and he began to weep. And he didn't weep because he, it's hard to weep. And, and you guys know as this church, we don't weep about a building. It's just a building. He wept because the people that weren't safe inside the building and you and I as community, if we're going we're gonna to get serious, and, and we are serious, and we're all about reaching this world for Christ, and starting right here in Winter Garden, we have to begin to ask God to break our heart for people. And it's hard for us to get, it's, it's kind of hard for our heart to break for people because it's just easier to take care of ourselves. Isn't it? It is for me. I, I have four kids and, 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 a, and, a, and, a, and a wife, and I, it's just easier to take care of myself. It's easier for you to take care of yourself. You don't have to, it probably, if you're honest here today, you don't have to work hard on being selfish, right? I hope you don't. Selfish, you, you woke up selfish. You're like, not me. You have another problem then, if you're saying not me. Like, because we, we all have, like, so if you woke up selfish, you just, oh, what can I get, what can I get? That's, that's you. That's kind of how we, we want more things. My wife said to me the other day, and if you've been coming for a while, you, she said to me, are you, are you ever going to reach a limit to where you have enough shoes? And I was like, you better watch your mouth. <laughs> I'm like, the answer is yes, and we're not there yet. We're going to keep on going until we get there. And when we get there, I'll let you know. No, I didn't say that. But we just, it's easy to want things. It's easy to want things. But the thing that we should want the most, number one, is, is the Lord. And the second thing that we should want is that we should want people to move into a relationship with him. And that's what we're about in this church. If you're, trying, if you're new to it, you're like trying to figure out what we're all about. We're all about loving people. Saved, unsaved. People who, people who aren't perfect. People who think they are perfect. People who are religious. People who don't even know anything about religion. We're all about, we're, we're about all people. Every color, every background, every political stance. We're for people. Because Jesus was for people. And we want to be for people. And if you're new here, we want to be for you, one of the things that we say here at our church is that if you're new, we want you to know that you're welcomed and you're wanted here. You're welcomed and you're wanted here today. So this Nehemiah series, Nehemiah said, I got to go help those people. We defined vision last week as this vision is seeing the way things are and then being able to see the way things could be. Vision is seeing the way things are and then being able to see the way things could be. Uh, one of our overseers, who also is my father-in-law, he, he is, is here saying he is a kind of guy who is just a visionary. He just sees the way things could be. Are you, are you one of those people, or are you, are you a half-glass, kind of fool kind of person? Like, things are just going to always stink. I'm never going to have enough money. I'll never get ahead. Vision is being able to see the way things are, but being able to see the way things could be. And Nehemiah said, I could do something about that situation. I can do I could, I could love those people. I could, I could go and help those people. I could go and do and partner, and I could go and, and be a part of something bigger than myself. Nehemiah had a good job. Now, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was a job. He was, 
he was the, the wine tester for the king. So he wasn't trying to find the best wine. That's a wine tester, find the best wine. His job was to make sure that the wine wasn't poisoned, that the king would drink. So the king wouldn't die. So, I mean, he drank a lot of wine, but every glass of wine could have been his, the day he died. Because his job was to make sure the king didn't die. <laughs> like, that's a crappy job, right? That's a terrible, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and he said, the church I go to, he goes to church um, in, a, in a different city from here. He said, my pastor gets a death threat. He gets two death threats a month. Church runs about 5,000 people. I was like, Jesus, please don't ever let our church run 5,000 people. <laughs> God, I don't want death threats, you know. I, I know I already have haters. I just don't want any death threats. I don't mind haters, but I don't like death threats, you know. And so he said, that's kind of, that's where our church is. And typically when you see the way things could be, you begin to do things that nobody else would do. You begin to try things that nobody else would try. You begin to help people that nobody else would want to help. And so as a church, we're going to go after people. We also said this, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the Bible says this, where there is no vision, the people perish. And here's what we want, here's what we, we want you to know, is that we don't want anyone to die without Jesus in this city on our watch. We don't want anybody to perish. We want your neighbor saved. We want your neighbor's family saved when they come in on vacation. We want everyone you know to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We, on our watch, we don't want anybody going to hell. We don't want that. We want to reach everyone for Jesus. We want everyone to have a relationship with Jesus. We want, that's we, we want everyone. And, 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 and the word for everyone is everyone. Like, we want everyone to know. You're like, what, how do you know if, if, they, if they know Jesus? Not? We don't know until you ask them. So we want to make sure everyone, they're not, once they have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we want them to have a home where they can come and have belonging and be a part of something greater than themselves. Um, but I'm going to switch gears today. I want to talk to you about teamwork. Teamwork. I, I wrote down this phrase this week that teamwork makes the dream work. Teamwork makes the dream work. At this church, in case you're wondering, we need you. And you need us. We need you. And you need us. For to make this thing work. I, I, in my mind, I, I realize this. Whenever you do something big for God, you have to have a team. I was getting a, my hair cut the other day, which I probably got to start changing my verbiage on that. I was getting my, my head shaved the other day, and I was there, and I was talking to my guy, uh, my hair cutter, and he is now a distributor uh, for It Works. And one of the ladies in his up, up line was there, and she said, I just, she, she said this. I was sitting there, I was kind of listening to them talk, and she said this, you're as only, she said, you're only as good as your team. You're only as good as your team. When people come to this church every single week, uh, they come for a little bit and they go to a thing called next steps. And that's how you get plugged in and, uh, and get plugged in and how we find out what your God gifted ability is. And we become alongside you and give you opportunities to use the gifting and ability that God has given you. And when we do that, we ask people, what are some things that you like about this church? You're like, that sounds arrogant. We want to know what we're doing well because we want to do that. We want to be better. Like if God deserves our best. If we do something better, we want to do better. Your employer expects your best I think the creator of the universe should get our best. So we try to find out how we're doing. One of the things that we'll ask you on that connection card for you today is how you found out about us. Because we, we spend money on search engine optimization. We have friends that partner with us because we want to do our best. Because if we have the best product in the world, which is a relationship with Jesus Christ, why wouldn't we want to do our best with that? We do. And so one of the things that we ask people when they come here is, like, what did you like? And they said, the people here are so nice. They don't talk about the sermon. I don't blame them. (laughs) 
They liked the Mother's Day sermon because Dinah spoke. They're like, every other week, they're like, it was tough for me when Dinah spoke. People come to me and say, man, your wife did an awesome job. And I was like, that means I did a ter- I've done a terrible job for seven months. They're like, yeah, but you're going to get better. Pat me on the back. I like, keep going. <clears throat> Thanks a lot. They said, we, the people here are so, we, we just love the people here. So in order for this thing to work well, we need more people like you. The people that come to this church, they like the people. When I come to this church, I like the music. And I like the people. I'm supposed to. I mean, I, I, I like all you. I, I like you and I love you. I like the music. But people are saying, I just, the people here are just really nice. We just, we like that it's like a family for us. We can't do this without any of you guys. Because teamwork makes the dream work. I also wrote down this quote. I saw, I saw it in a movie. And I won't spend a lot of time on it. But if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. I watch Eddie. Um, Eddie's fast. He's really fast. Like if you think of fast, just think a little bit faster and that's how fast he is. And uh, I've watched him catch a ball and return it far. And you know what I know uh, about him? He's gotten some, I've watched him run a lot of these balls back for touchdown. But you know what I've also seen on the same exact field? I've also seen a guy slower than him on the same exact field take off other, other opponents' heads. And you, you just got to come watch. And, and that's, I've seen Jeremy do that. I've seen guys watching Eddie run, and I've watched Jeremy coming towards Eddie, and then not, the guy watching Eddie is not watching Jeremy. I've seen Jeremy just kill people, literally almost kill them. And I'm um, like closing my kids' eyes when these guys are on the field together. Because I'm like, this is gonna, you're going to see decapitation on, you know, on a football field. And I've seen them. But you know what I know? It takes both of them. It takes, a, it takes a whole team for a return to happen. It takes the fast guy, but it also takes the guy that's going to hit the guy who's about to make the tackle that doesn't see the guy coming. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I saw Mother Teresa, my wife gave me this as an awesome quote. Mother Teresa said this, I can do things you cannot. You can do things I cannot. Together we can do great things. And at this church, this ain't a one-man show. Someone else can come and do what I'm doing. Probably better. It's going to take all of us. Because it, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. Um, I, Nehemiah had a heart for people. And his goal was to go and rebuild this wall. That was his job. And um, Nehemiah chapter 6, don't turn there, it's just one verse. Look at this verse on the screen. Nehemiah chapter 6, go ahead and throw it up there, it's just one verse. Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 15. So on October the 2nd, the wall was finished just 52 days after we had begun. How did that happen so dang fast? How did it happen? I mean, Nehemiah was hundreds of miles away from Jerusalem. How did it happen in just 52 days? I'm going to tell you. There was a, he had a team. Nehemiah had a team. Nehemiah knew that he was better and that we are better together. We're better together. When, when, uh, when Mikey walked in today, I had the biggest smile on my face. Right behind him was Jamie. I, 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 I'm glad I got seen today. That's encouraging. I, I needed that. I knew we're, we're better together. When him and I get together, we laugh, we flirt with each other. We just, we just love each other. We, Eddie and I, and Eddie and I, Mikey and I, we're just good friends. I love Mikey. 
I just like to squeeze him. We're, I'm, just, I'm better for knowing Mikey. I hope he's better for knowing me. We had a tragedy happen in, in, in the, the, church that we, the church that helped serve us out. They, there was a tragedy in, in the school um, that, that we have at that church, in the school that my kids go to. A, a kid overdosed this past week. And uh, this kid had graduated. This kid was in our youth group. And I got a text message from some of these kids that he graduated and said, man, I need to talk to somebody. But one of the texts that was most important to me, it was from one of our guys who lives in Indiana. He said, do you remember the first time you met that kid? He came to our church for the very first time. Do you remember when you first met him? I was like, barely. He said, you made that kid feel so special. And you know what? I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not perp- I don't try to, I don't have to, I, I was thinking about this thing. Like, I don't have to try hard to love you guys. I don't have to. I kind of, when you have God's love inside of you, typically you should, if you have God's love in you, you should want to love people. I know it's hard. I'm not, but for me, I don't have a hard time, I don't have a hard time loving people. I was at Chick-fil-A this week, and he said, a guy said, hey, come here. He goes, you talk about being so nice to people and loving people all the time. He goes, it's so cool to see you outside of church doing it. I don't have to try super hard. I, I fail at it sometimes, but I just, I want to hug you. I want to see you smile. I, I want to make an impact on people's lives. Because I, I have the good news of Jesus inside of me. And I, I, hope that, I hope that you can tell, I hope that comes out in our lives. He said, you made that kid feel so special. I, you know what? That kid changed my life. That, my wife said to me, don't you, when, I, when that happened, she goes, don't you have a letter from that kid? And that kid had written me a letter as a, as a freshman or sophomore, and it's in the top drawer of my nightstand. It said, man, you, you've helped to change my life. You know why? Because we're all better together. And we all need each other. You need me, and I need you. Tell the person next to you, you need me. You need me. <laughs> Some of you wives are like, you, you definitely need me to their husband. <laughs> like, you'd be lost without me, bro. All the girls are saying, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to bring you guys back down to reality in just a second. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, two things happen when you, when you do something for God, by the way. Two things happen. The haters always show up. The haters, show, man, the haters just show up, man. When you do something, when you have supervision... The haters show up. They're just going to. Like, if you're doing nothing, you don't have any haters. You're like, man, this is just basic. It is. If you, do, if you get a part of a big vision, you're going to have haters. The haters always show up. Listen to what happens in, in, in this text here. In Nehemiah chapter 4, you're like, where do you get that from, Wes? I get it from the Bible. Nehemiah chapter 4, let me read these first three verses. Sanballat, he got very angry when he learned that they were rebuilding the wall. He got mad about that. Why would you be mad about helping people? Why would you be mad about that? And he got mad at them. He flew into a rage and he mocked the Jews. He was saying in, he was, he was saying in front of his friends and Samaritan army and officers, he says, What does this bunch of poor, feeble Jews think that they're doing? Do they think they can build a wall in a single day by just offering a few sacrifices? What do they think they're doing? And then it gets better. He says, do they actually think they can make something of stones from a rubbish heap and charred ones at that? They don't even have good material. They don't even have a building. They don't even have, that church doesn't even have any staff members. All they got is a bunch of regular people. They had to raise money to buy a truck to pull their trailer. They got nothing. The first guy that I told me to start a church, he goes, that's a bad idea. You don't have what it takes to start a church. And that was just enough reason to make me want to start the church even more. 
Because here's what I know. I love the haters. I love because I love all people, even the haters. Because the haters are always motivators. I'm about to write a rap song while I'm up here. You're like, he is, you're like, some of you guys are like, man, he does have some black in him. Thank God. I, I, like, I knew he was, but I just don't ever, it came out of me. Man, the haters are motivators. They're going to show up. You know what that, you know what he says in the very next verse? He said, that is, that's, he goes, the wall is so puny. If a fox walked on it, the walls would fall over. If we're going to do something for God, the haters are going to show up. And by the way, if you need a list of haters, make sure at the top of your hate list, you're not going to hate people. But on the, on the hater list, you're like, man, I need, to, I, need, I need to identify my haters. Make sure you put Satan on there. Because here's what we know. Here's what we know as, 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 as a community. People are never your enemies. You're like, oh, dang it. Here, this guy's gone way too far. It's, it's Satan using them. Now they, it may be a person that's holding you. You may think it's, a, but it's Satan that wants to hold you back. The Bible says that Satan's come to kill steal and destroy you. I, you know, I don't worry about people. I hug my haters. They hate it. <laughs> and that's probably why I do it. <laughs> and like, you're not going to like this. And neither am I, but get in here. <laughs> and if I could give you full disclosure and give you examples, I would, but I can't. <laughs> it's too, it's too fresh, but you're going to have haters if you're following Jesus. If you're part of something big, you're going to have haters. My friends are in here today. They're at, they're, they're, they work for It Works. They're, they're distributors. And you know what I know? One of them is in here today. She bought, a, she bought a beautiful truck this week. God blessed her with it. And I guarantee you she's going to have haters. I had another friend of mine. They're, they're using Facebook Live. It Works. They're using Facebook Live a lot more. And one of my friends, he was looking at a beautiful home on, on, on some water yesterday. You know what I know what? If you do anything that people don't have, they're going to hate on you for that. They're just going to. You're going to have haters. But if you follow Jesus, by the way, get back. If you follow Jesus, you're going to have haters. They always show up. Here's the second thing. Here's the second thing that happens when you have a supervision. The haters show up. Here's the second thing. Before I give you the second thing, let me read to it. Read it to you from Scripture. Nehemiah chapter 3. Then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild the sheep gate. They dedicated, they set the doors, they put on the nuts and the bolts, and they were they dedicated it. Verse 2, people from the Tower of Jericho, they work right next to him. And beyond them was Zachar. Call him Zach. Verse 3, then the fish gate, it was rebuilt by the sons of Hassanah. They laid the beams, set the doors, they installed its bolts and bars. And Merimoth. The son of Uriah and the grandson of, of Hakaz, he repaired the next section of the wall. Beside him were Mushalam, the son of Berechiah, and the grandson of Meshibabel. When you read this, this is freebie for some of you guys. You're like, man, I want to read the Bible more. When you read this chapter, be careful, because if you say these words too fast, it sounds like you're cussing. You've got to be careful the way you read this thing. And then verse 6, the old city, it was repaired by Joada, the city gate, it was repaired by a guy. Verse 13, the, val- the valley gate, it was repaired by some other people. And verse 14, the dung gate, it was repaired by some other people. And verse 16, the fountain gate, it was repaired by some other people. And next to him was a guy he didn't know. Next to that guy, he didn't know that guy. And next guy, the- you want to know how they rebuilt the wall? Teamwork. 
That's how they did it. Teamwork. When you have supervision, the haters show up, and here's the second thing. Teams get stronger. I love this story. I, uh, we do, we're not doing it justice. I failed you as a pastor. You're getting, it for, you're getting it all in three weeks. You know what I like about this? As, as this was going on, they're rebuilding the walls. There was a guy next to a guy building a wall, and he was a, he was a piano player. And he was doing his part. And he was just handing the bricks to the guy. And he was laying the bricks down. And blacks were next to whites, and whites were next to Hispanics, and Hispanics were next to Asians. They had every people group. That's what they're trying to tell you. Every people group. You know what I like about our church? It's a bunch of different colors. And you want to know why a bunch of different colors are good? Because when we get to heaven, it's going to be a bunch of different colors. So I want to get you ready for heaven. Freebie, here's my political stance. When we get to heaven, there's going to be Democrats and Republicans in heaven. You're like, there's no way. There's a way. There's, they're, going to both, they're both going to be there. Every color, every tribe, every nation, we're all going to be there. The Bible said this, at nighttime, people would bring food to the guys that were laying the bricks. And then when the haters found out about it, they had guys that were holding swords next to the guy that was doing the work. And he would stand there guard. So when the, when the haters came up, he, he could take care of business. He could defend them off. Hey, let, let, me, let me tie this in real good. Or as best I can. <clears throat> we need you and you need us to change the world. Some of you guys have never been a part of big in your entire life. You're like, how do you know? I don't know. I'm just thinking a guess. There's 100 plus people in here. I'm just saying, you've never been a part of something big in your life. I'm just throwing it out there. It may be true about you, but it may not be. Can I tell you the biggest thing you could ever be a part of is the mission of God's kingdom. I said to you last week, this has nothing to do with Hope Church. Just so in case you're trying to figure out, is this guy trying to build his kingdom? We're going outwards, by the way. We don't even know. We don't even have a building. We're going outwards. We're just going outwards. We're just, that's what we're going to keep reaching people. One of our, one of our guys on our, on our, on our launch team said, hey, uh, my friend, my, my family, they're going to somewhere and they, they need Bibles. They just need Bibles. They need 500 Bibles. And uh, we need, and they're three bucks a piece. So I did the math real quick. And when I, when I said this to him, I said, you know, we, I looked at it real quick and I said, you know, we can, we can do 100 Bibles. The church can do 100 Bibles. That's, that's only $300. But then I got, to, I got to my sweet spot for me, which my sweet spot is behind my lawnmower with, with headphones in. And God was like, well, you, you, you tell the people, Wes, that you tithe off of every dollar that comes in here. You give a dime off of every dollar. And I'm like, yeah, God, so what's your point? He said, you really, he goes, the church can really buy more than, they, the church can really buy more than 100 Bibles, Wes. He, it just can. I mean, it's 300 bucks. The church, your church, God's church can buy more than 100 Bibles. And then I'm starting to think about it. And I'm like, well, man, I, well, maybe they, I'm like, maybe they could, I'm like, God, well, maybe they could just ask some more people. That'd make more sense instead of taking money from our, from our church. And God was like, well, you, haven't you raised, aren't, aren't you about to raise $10,000, Wes? And I was like, yeah, we're, we're going to raise that next week, God. I'm having this whole conversation. You're like, this guy is weird. I am weird. But I'm having this full conversation. He's like, and didn't you raise, he said, didn't you, didn't someone already give you a check for five grand a few weeks ago? And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, I, I think that's, I think that's, that's 15 grand, Wes. And there's probably more you forgot, Wes. Like, yeah, God, there's probably more I forgot. He said, well, that's, 
there's, they need 500 Bibles, and that would be $1,500, and that would be a tenth of what you brought in already. And God said, doesn't it make sense that you'd buy all the Bibles? And so as a church today, we're going to buy 500 Bibles for this place, these people that need a Bible. That's a good cause to clap. That's a good time to clap. We're going to give out 500 Bibles. It just makes sense. Like, why wouldn't we give the Bible out? Why wouldn't we give the Bible out? If you go to New York, you all these people pass out these flyers for you. Come to the show. Come to the show. Man, we ought to be giving Bibles out like it's tickets to a nightclub. Don't act like you've never been to one. We ought to be giving out Bibles like it's tickets to a nightclub. We ought to. Because people need God's word. Because you know why? God's word changes lives. God's word changes lives. I can't change your life. I can help you. I can, I can point you right. But God's word changes lives. So we're going to buy $1,500 worth of the Bibles. Because it just makes sense. We're not giving 10% because it's, we're not going to give 10% because we're tiny. We're going to give above and beyond because we're, we, we believe in generosity. God was like, buy the Bibles, idiot. That's how God talks to me. He says, some, he says some pretty harsh things to me. Hey, and I'm not buying the Bibles, by the way. We are buying the Bibles. This is all of us. We're, we're all doing This is it. I tithe to this church. I give, I give to this church. But we all give to this church. And we, all, we all tithe and we're all part of this. So this isn't, when you go to sleep time, you can know you get, we're going to give away 500 Bibles this summer. Like that. Is that going to help Hope Church out at all? Absolutely not. It's going to build God's kingdom. And that's what we're about. The haters will show up. Not only will the haters show up, the team's going to get stronger. We're going to get strong. We're getting strong. We're getting stronger. You're getting stronger. We're all getting stronger together. And in case you're here today and you're trying to figure out what's the spiritual implications behind that, um, if you want to get stronger, some of you guys have been in church a long time, and so you're like, I'm going to get stronger for that team, Wes. I'm going to go out there, I'm going to read my Bible six times a day, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to up my tithe to 10%. I'm going to give 20%. You're going to go, you're going to go so extreme with it, because that's what you are. That's what we do. That's all the type A's in here say, I'm going to jump on board. I'm going to go. You don't got to do that, okay? The way you get strong is you just get close to Jesus. You just get close to Jesus. Isn't that such a different way of thinking for some of you guys? Pastor got me fired up. I'm excited. I'm going to go. I'm going, west. I'm going on a mission trip. No, no. There's nothing wrong with the mission trip. Let's get close to Jesus. We get close to Jesus, people are going to look out and say, man, there's something different about that church. They're all close to Jesus. They're all hanging on to Jesus like that's, they're all hanging on to Jesus at church like he's all they got. Like it's all we need. Hello. It's all we need. We all need Jesus. So as our team gets stronger, it's because you're getting stronger. It's because I'm getting stronger. And I'm getting stronger because I'm getting closer. Jesus, let's bow our head and close our eyes. I gotta wrap this thing up. We're done.